The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two pairs or more of polarized sunglasses. We're also brought to you by the Golf Gambling Podcast TaylorMade Stealth Driver 2 giveaway or Stealth 2 Driver giveaway. Head over to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash driver to enter today before the big drawing on April 8th. We're also brought to you by Baseball Money is Fake, our fantasy baseball podcast. Join Blake and Ryan three times a week and get all the player breakdowns and statistical data you need to dominate. Drivers, start your Wrap in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions but since i'm on probation i suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well if you could talk about racing things we could talk about racing now here are your hosts rod via gomez and cody zeeb If it's all the same to you, I'd rather not talk racing things this week. Of course, it is the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, he's Cody Zeeb. I'm Rod Gomez, and I am salty AF today, and I just... Uh, Cody, I, we, we the option was there for us to do a show last night, a live show last night. Of course, it was getting to be a little bit too late, but I guarantee you that this version, or, or last night's version of me would have been not completely ready to be civil and talk to anybody. We're, we're here to talk about the uh, amazing IndyCar race at Texas. Right? <laughs> hey, listen, if that's what we got to do to pick our spirits up, then I'm here for it, man. <laughs> I think that was the best race of the week, and it was uh, the one where I cashed in. So uh, hopefully, yeah. you, hopefully you at least tailed the IndyCar picks because rest of the weekend was a little bit rough. Yeah, a little rough is saying it quite uh, softly at this point. But what look, sucks too, and we'll talk about it as we go through, is like we were talking about this last night. Like we weren't super wrong on a lot of things. Like a lot of our our thoughts on what we were betting on was right, and it just things didn't fall in place properly, and that sucks. Look, <laughs> the handicapping was there for I would say four fifths of that race. And then at the end, it all fell apart. Like there was tire strategies. There was all kinds of craziness going on, pit penalties, and just a host of other things that are completely out of our control. But I think the biggest takeaway after I, after I calmed down, after I settled down a little bit, after I took myself out of the situation and looked into it, I said, okay, our decision-making process was solid, and that's all you can ask for. Unfortunately, much like the drivers on the track, sometimes you don't have control who gets into your left rear panel and knocks you out of the way and pushes you up the track. So that's that's just where we're at. We got spun out by Ross Chastain, just like everybody else on that track. I, I love how like that's just the default, and there's been a bunch of great memes. We've had a few guys sharing them in the Discord too, but... <laughs> 
just uh, you know, the default is like something goes wrong, you just blame Ross Chastain. Hey, listen, that's that's what it, it was is. Probably his fault. Our weekend got Chastain, and and listen, Ross, we love you. Like, don't even get us wrong. Now we're just leaning into the joke. It's not even that we think you did it. Now it's just the joke, and now we're just using it as well. So you don't even have to be anywhere close to the situation. It's just you're going to get blamed because. Uh, you're the easy scapegoat, I guess. You could be 15 laps down, away from the rest of the pack, and you're still going to get told that you spun somebody out, even though you weren't even near them. So that's where we're yep. at in this world now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, as we uh, buried every lead that we could, uh, basically all three series were in action. Obviously, the Xfinity and the Cup were both in Richmond. The trucks made their way to the Texas Motor Speedway for a very interesting race. That race was... Uh, very, I don't know. It, it, it had so many different personalities to it. I was wondering if it needed to be admitted because I honestly could not tell what was happening half the time and where we were in relation to where our bets were. Things were looking good and then they weren't, and then they were looking good and then they stopped and God knows what else happened out there. Yeah, it, it was entertaining though. I mean, from, from an aspect of there was constantly different things going on on the track, different battles different strategies, which we knew that that would be this type of race. Um, Joseph Shrigley over at uh, tobychristie.com said that Sunday's Toyota Owners 400 featured a total of 3,816 green flag passes, the most in the NASCAR Cup Series since they started tracking loop data in 2005. So there was a lot of racing, a lot of passing, uh, a lot of action constantly on the, on the track. So there's no no doubt about that. It was it was good racing, which we weren't sure we would see, right? We got a mixed bag last season. The first Richmond race was a huge snoozer. And the second race was much improved and a lot better. Um, and we figured with this new short track package, it would help. But it, it was constant action. I mean, uh, I you know, you, you hear these people and you see these people post about, I miss the good old days in NASCAR. And you're like, Back when Richard Petty had everybody, you know, five laps down and was the only car out there that had a chance to win. And you look at this Sunday's race and it's like there's legitimately 10 to 15 different drivers that you could have made a case throughout the day that like it was their day. They were possibly going to win this and, and things were looking good for them uh, and, and they could have won it. So I, I think that despite, you know, Hendrick has won a majority of the races and they seem to have the best cars and the best equipment and all that. There is still a, a pretty solid level of parity where guys up front and different guys have chances to win these races. So, I mean, yeah, obviously Hendrick is not necessarily the Red Bull of the NASCAR garage, but yeah, this definitely is. I mean, look, they jumped out to a huge lead, and then, of course, Gibbs picked back up again, and then it was uh, it was all Hendrick again. And, I mean, this was a, a giant, I guess, fight between the major Gibbs and Hendrick racing, and both of them threw punches. And, and I'll tell you, in this race, right, William Byron led 117 laps, Kyle Larson led 93. Uh, but then it was Denny Hamlin at 71, Martin Truex at 56, Christopher Bell at 26, so... Again, I mean, you want to talk about some heavyweight heavyweights, Hendrick and Gibbs were both fighting each other for a majority of this race, and all five of those drivers, honestly, look like the car to beat at one point, um, obviously, because they were. William Byron jumping out to that early lead and sticking there, uh, thus proving that momentum is momentum. Um, but yeah, I mean, that race had 
like we said, so many different personalities, so many strategies, especially after these cautions were flying and the, the comp caution. And I mean, there was just so much action going on. You're right. I mean, this was an entertaining race for the most part. And, and the only thing that made it suck was that we didn't cash many bets at the end of it, which, you know, puts a damper on any weekend, but uh, yeah, exactly. And I mean, like you said, with those laps leaders, right, it was different people leading laps. There wasn't just one guy that got up there and, and dominated. A lot of people shot themselves in the foot making mistakes, Danny Hamlin, uh, multiple times in cases like his. And, and so, yeah, it, it, there were storylines throughout the day. There was never a runaway, you know, this is the guy you have to beat. There was different guys, like I said before, you know, that, that could have won that race throughout it. So it, overall, it was an exciting day to be a race fan, an exciting race to watch. The betting side could have gone a little better. But that's it happens, and, and you know, sometimes we have down weeks. We don't have a ton, so it, it sucks when they, when they do happen because we don't always have weeks like this. And so, you know, if you followed our picks this week, sorry, they, you know, but got some some dirt this coming week, little little Easter presents for us, and uh, and try and win it all back. You think they got eggs hidden on that track? You think they're gonna try to find eggs uh, around that dirt track? That would be that'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, all right, so listen, just. Let's as we wrap up the the week like we always do. Um, obviously, this time I'm sorry we didn't do it live. Like we said, um, just it got kind of late. There was also folks in the Discord that were saying that they probably weren't going to be able to stick around long enough for it. So we just figured it was better to do it this way uh, now and and just pull the tape off. That way we uh, we just get get it done because we we want to move on to Bristol and I'm sure you guys do too. Um, but we you know put together these recap shows just so we can go over everything. And we did have that race. It did not go into overtime. Uh, this race did not go into overtime. Believe it or not. Maybe, maybe we needed overtime this time. I to help us feel out. like we might have needed overtime. I mean, obviously, there were late cautions. Uh, but this did not go into overtime, surprisingly enough. It was Kyle Larson with his first win of the season. Really, I mean, we said this last year, though, when he got his first win. Maybe, maybe he's about to turn the corner. So I'm not necessarily going to say that Kyle Larson is is back this season, but I will say that he, that uh, all of Hendrick Motorsport actually looked pretty damn good up to and including the second place car who, son of a Barry, uh, got himself into second place. He looks strong. Josh Barry led 10 laps in this race. Unbelievable. Um, but overall, I mean, Kyle Larson, 93 laps. His buddy, William Byron, like we talked about, leading 117 um, just a, a freaking ridiculous day for, for Hendrick Motorsports. Well, yeah, and I mean, so, yeah, Larson and Byron, I mean, they've been the two to beat everywhere, right? Byron almost looking like the best best driver, best car so far this season. So you've had those guys up front each and every week. Alex Bowman, yet another top 10 finish. He's not necessarily challenging for the wins, but he's leading the points. By the way, he's 20-1 to 1 to win the championship right now. Just want to toss that out there. That might be worth a look. He's he's leading the series time championship points right now. So without a win, just tossing, yeah, without a win, just tossing that out there. But um, and then Josh Perry gets a second place. Like they don't even have Chase Elliott, who's you know arguably their first or second best driver. You know, most people I think would put it. You know, Larson and then Elliott. He's not even out there yet, and this team is just killing it. Oh, by the way, Rod, all four crew chiefs are still suspended, and they still scored first and second place finishes. Bowman was still in the top 10. Byron was up there until, you know, we got spun out on the, one of those last restarts. But, 
man, it, it's going to be scary when you get all four crew chiefs back and your actual full lineup of drivers. Watch out. Yeah, I don't even know what the rest of the field is in store for after that. It just It's insane to think about the fact that these guys are this good at the beginning of the year. I mean, it's just Arkans back to the days of old, right, where Hendrick Motorsports was the dominant force in there. Um, although we can't overlook, I mean, we talked about it earlier, we can't overlook what Gibbs did. We knew Toyota was going to be strong on this track, and they were. But unlike in the past, they shot themselves in the freaking foot. They've Denny Hamlin gets two, not one, but two pit penalties, and one that really ultimately cost him the win because there's just no way he's coming back from that second one. And then Martin Truex, oh, for the love of God, had no clue that he was on scuffs or else he would have raced yes. a completely different race at the end of it. But yeah, ooh, he is heated for not being told that he got put on scuffed tires at the end of that race. Yeah, so here's here's Truex's radio chatter after the, the checkered flag. Uh, it says from James, which is his crew chief, garbled mess with F-bombs thrown in. <laughs> and Truex, Truex says... I didn't understand a damn thing you said there, but that was fucking pitiful. James said something to the extent of we were on scuffs there because we hosed ourselves on fucking more garbled, whatever. Well, you never even fucking told me we were on scuffs. Truex said, I was wondering what the hell was going on there. Uh, he had gotten on the radio with about six laps to go and said, all my fucking tires are flat. Uh, James was yelling. So it was hard to make it out, but he said, we didn't think it was worth it to tell you <laughs> because we were fucked. No response from Martin on the radio after that. That was uh, on a Reddit post uh, in, uh, today that, wow, just like, holy hell. Truex had no idea he was on scuffs. I mean, and it did seem weird how he was kind of racing those guys when it's like, obviously, you're not, your tires are like, and so, but he didn't have a fucking clue. And they... I, I wonder because we've talked about Truex and how he struggled the last few seasons. You look back and he had Cole Pern. That's who he won the championship with. Pern retired and walked away. And James Small's been on the bench since. And the, its results have not been the same. I wonder how much of that is the crew chief. And uh, I saw on Twitter, I think it was Go Fast Troy had posted something about being wrong on Truex uh, and or he, he, something about he wanted to stay away from betting Truex, but he thought he was wrong on that. And I replied, and I was like, no, that's exactly why you don't bet on him, because you know he's going to be good. We we figured he would be good. We mentioned it. We said, don't be surprised if Truex is fast, but we don't trust him enough to bet on him. And look what fucking happened, Rod. That's why we do It's the same thing with Kyle Larson on super speedways. He's going to have flashes. Two-thirds of the race, you're going to be like, dude, what the fuck were they talking about? This guy knows, and every single time he fucks it up, and Martin Truex Jr., you're thinking again, God, I, this is the week. I should have took him, Rod. I should have picked. And then he still fucks it up. every. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's why we don't trust betting on Martin Truex Jr. Until he can figure it out. Like, man, it's just, it's been rough from that camp. And then, yeah, Denny Hamlin, two speeding penalties, just shooting himself in the foot. He's... He's talking about respect on his his podcast last week, and then he ju just dumps JJ Yaley at the. Which I don't defend Denny Hamlin much, but that was if Denny Hamlin is behind you and you're in thirtieth place and you're consistently forty five seconds slower per lap on a twenty second lap track or whatever the hell, get the fuck out of the way, JJ Yaley. Like, 
you've been in this series for 20 years and you know you're in shit equipment like get the fuck out of his way he's obviously a fast car like I would have dumped him if I was Denny Hamlin, too. So well, listen, I don't really blame him for that. That's like somebody that is going 45 in the fast lane of the freeway. You oh know. And you're a, just like, yeah. go drive 45 in the right lane. Nobody cares. That's fine. Exactly. But get out of the fucking way. Like, the, the traffic is stacked up behind you. We ain't got time to wait for your ass. Yeah, like, in a car that you know can't even go yeah. 50. That's the thing. Like, if you know your car can't go 50, you're going right. 45 in the fast lane. I would dump you, too, if I could. Like, I would put my entire <laughs> yeah. bumper into yours if that were legal in the world. Yeah, like, so. it just, huh, yeah. But Don't look blame at, Denny there. Shout out, though, to, um, to Ty Gibbs, his third straight ninth place finish, three top tens in a row. Uh, I know, I think it's M. Shepard in the Discord has been on him consistently for those top 10 finishes, so shout out to him. But, man, Ty Gibbs, uh, he's starting to find it, and I don't want to say it yet, but uh might be a guy we start looking at betting on a little bit more as we continue to go down this road. He's, he's We know he's supremely talented. Like This kid is going to be good. He's going to win a lot of races. He's going to be competing for a lot of championships. It's still early, so I don't want to go crazy yet, but... Keep an eye on him because I, th I think we're going to get to the point fairly soon where uh, he he gets a lot more looks than he has so far. Hey, I mean, and we've said it. We said it from the second we figured out that he was going to be up here. That it just it, it's going to take him a second, but once he clicks, it, it's going to click. And it may. I mean, I'm not saying it's starting to click now, but it it may be getting there, and we may be seeing it. You know, I, but I feel so bad for Truex because it's like somebody that that packs your parachute and forgets to tell you that they poked holes in your parachute before you get out and start jumping out of the plane. You know, like, oh, by the way, what? we didn't want to tell you that we poked holes in him because you're already screwed. So, you know, you might as well just go ahead and go down with the ship. Yeah, but I feel like it's more important to make sure he knows. So he knows, okay, they're going to be coming. I've got to manage this properly. I, yeah, I'm going to get past, but I've got to milk what I can out of this. I know what's going on. And instead the whole time he's just like, what the fuck is going on here? I, I must have a problem. Like something's wrong. and. That just seems like horrible management. I'm not really sure what the deal is there. And yeah, I, man, it just that team, much like Ryan Blaney's team, just they're always getting in their own ways. And we saw it again with him, like always something there. Their pit crew made, he had two penalties back to back on pit road because they left the wrench in the window. And then when they came down to take the wrench out, something else happened. I don't remember what happened on that one. And just it seems like his crew and his crew chief and team get in his way more often than they don't. And I mean, Martin Truex Jr., even a few years ago, clearly the best car at Phoenix, going to win the championship most likely. They put the tires on backwards, Rod. They put the lefts on the right, the right on the left. Like just constant mistakes that are costing him. And it sucks for a guy that's, that's that good and always running that well. And then just for stuff to continue to happen. It's, but again, that's why we don't bet on him. And, and it's been a strategy that's been paying off pretty well uh, so far. Yeah, no, I, it has for sure. But <laughs> um, All right, well, I feel like it's time to go over some of our bets. We do have to step away uh, for a quick break before we do. We're long overdue for some ad breaks, so let's get to those. And we come back, and we will quickly go over. We'll go over both the cup uh, bets and then the Xfinity, and we'll close out with the trucks because I just feel like I'll probably rant more about the truck race, maybe the Xfinity race. I don't know. I've got words for all three of them. But, uh, yeah, we'll do that after the break. We'll quickly step away. Uh, but before we do, let's tell you 
about Underdog Fantasy because we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a great place to get down on fantasy and player props all year long. Underdog Fantasy is your favorite NBA, NHL, and MLB daily games. Plus, they're already doing best ball drafts for the 2023 NFL season. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. All right, real quick, the recap. We won some. We lost some. We're moving on to Bristol. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Uh, The Toyota 400. Toyota owners 400. Um, All right, look. All I got to say is I'm just so... This is why you, you you gamble, but you always don't bet more than you're willing to lose because uh, on weekends like this, it reminds you of why this is exactly what it is, and that's gambling. I know that you can go pay people out there to give you winning picks, uh, but uh, <laughs> I've I, heard. I was going to say, I don't even think the people that you pay to give winning picks actually cashed a lot this weekend because of the, cra- the chaos that happened. But um, And if you did... Give me their names. I'll go start paying them too. I don't care. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I go that far, Rob. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> we, give, we give out plenty of free winners most of the time. <laughs> I know. I know. And I love you, listeners. That's why we do this. This is. It's still fun. I don't care what anybody says. Even even if you watch this thing to the end and you you threw foam bricks at your television, you're still having fun. But um, a few of ours cashed, and Cody, you actually cashed one right out of the bunch. Uh, this one wasn't close, though. This actually had its moments. Oh, this one was... I sweated a lot more than I should, but yeah, this was the one I said I was most confident in uh, was Bowman over Kislowski. Uh, and it, you know, and then qualifying gets rained out. Bowman starts first. Kez starts all the way back in 24th, and you're like, okay. And then, I mean, for the most part, they were running fairly close together, but Bowman kind of had him all day. Uh, stage End of stage one, Bowman was in seventh, and Brad had already moved up to ninth, so... He was marching through the field. I was kind of concerned about that a little. Stage two, Brad actually got the better of him in sixth. Bowman was seventh. Uh, And then kind of this, the race went on. It got a little hairy towards the end there. They were battling for a minute and and kind of going back and forth. And then luckily, Bowman was able to stay two spots ahead at the end and get eighth place, Brad in tenth. So uh, the way they hit these head-to-head sometimes, just because, I mean, to me, this just seems so lopsided, like it shouldn't even be close. And then it ends up being, you know, being two spots, and it's always crazy. It's like, gosh, how, how are they so good at this? But they know what they're doing, I guess. Uh, but luckily, we did come out on the positive side of that. So Bowman over Brad Keselowski, minus 120. Uh, luckily, I went a little heavy on that one because I really, really liked that one. So made the rest of the day not as bad. Yeah, it's funny because we, we talk about it every single week, it seems, at the end of it. We're like, how did they pick these two drivers to get into the mix? And then before you know it, you're watching them battle for one position, literally sometimes one position on the track. You're like, how did they nail this? They've been they've been all the way across the field from each other all day long. And then in the last 10 laps, they're battling for one. You're like, what? How do you guys know? Like, I don't get it. Uh, but yeah, this one definitely, I'm glad it cashed for you because... Um, this one had had very many moments where it almost felt like it wasn't going to. Um, all right, one that you didn't have to sweat at all through the entire day was my first one, and that was Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick to both get a top-five finish. We got half of that. Tell you what, that was Christopher Bell all over it, but the boy that lagged was Tyler Reddick. I mean, obviously starting right um, close to the front because of, of what was going on, 
Uh, he it did start in fifth position, which, you know, you're like, all right, starts in the top five. Tyler Reddick can pretty much hold a top five through the rest of this race. That, that should be no problem for Tyler Reddick. I don't know what missed. I don't know who was to blame in that garage, but that 45 car sunk like a stone right from the get-go. That had zero chance of being even a top 15 car. And in fact, he ended up um, all the way back in 16th, but not for a lack of, of uh, benefiting from all the late chaos because Tyler Reddick was not anywhere near the mix, right? And he was a couple of laps down at one point even. So I, that 45 car... You want to talk about being from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. That was Tyler Reddick last week and this week. And the the broadcast said it the best, right? This is a humbling sport. You can go from winning the race to being completely shit. In not, a car. not even competitive. Yeah. Yeah. And what's crazy is he struggled on this track in the past, and we knew that. But being in the Toyotas, which are fast, and the way he's been running, right? It just seemed like. Maybe things were going to click. And after last week where he proved the Toyotas were bad last year on road courses, but not with him behind the wheel. And it's like, all right, here we go. And just, yeah, just out to lunch all day, never showed up, never looked fast. The Bell side of this looked pretty good throughout portions of the day. Bell was consistently up there. I thought he had a chance as the winner that I gave out for a little while. Didn't quite come to, to fruition. Of course, he finishes fifth. But uh, next up for me, I bet on Chase Briscoe. Didn't quite work out for me. Uh, I had him to win Group F at plus 420. Uh, the only one that finished ahead of him was actually Brad Keselowski, who we just talked about, finished in 10th. Briscoe was 12th, so pretty close. I mean, for, for plus 420, I feel like this was real close, kind of a coin toss there at the end. Uh, Almarola finished one spot behind him in 13th. Uh, I know Busher was in that group. He ended up with a bad finish. He was 30th, so... I think that was all the guys that were in that group. I don't actually have the group in front of me, but I know it didn't cash, so that's all that really matters. But it was again four plus four twenty. Uh, you know, I did, I did kind of go with a bunch of guys I don't normally bet on this week, Rod, and uh, it seems to have bit me. So I might have to go back to my my old strategy of picking the same guys every week next week. <laughs> hey, listen, gotta ride them until they buck you, right? That's that's really what it all is boils down to. And look, Briscoe. I don't know where the hell he came from. And in fact, like I said, even on the broadcast, they were like, Briscoe running a good race. He doesn't normally run a good race here. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, this is the one week that I basically was like, hey, Briscoe's going to be right. Briscoe. It might actually be good this week. And yeah, he was, he was so so, but yeah. not quite good enough. He's, it was close. Again, at plus 420, I think there was some value there if Brad Kozlowski just had an issue or, or slipped a couple spots there at the end, but didn't quite work out. Yeah. Well, and then so let, let's just move over to that other bet, kind of like we did before, where it was Amarola over Briscoe. This one pissed me off because Amarola was in front of Briscoe for a vast majority of this race. And then, of course, Amarola fell into a little bit of trouble right on that one wreck. And then uh, he was still ahead of Briscoe for the longest time. Briscoe finishes 12th. Almarola finishes in 13th. Son of uh briscoe i'm so pissed that was very that was the end man i don't even know because amarola was still ahead and i'm watching the ticker i'm watching the ticker and then i didn't obviously couldn't see because the race ended they didn't really show so i had to go back and go onto the website sure enough there's briscoe one spot over amarola and you my friend called it 
I, I don't want to say I told you so, Rob, but... Uh, one spot, you. Cody! Shut up! It was only one <laughs> but, uh, spot! <laughs> again, how, how spot on were they, right? One spot off. They were right there, so close. Uh, just didn't quite fall your way. That's that's how it goes sometimes, yeah. I guess. Uh, this one, looking back, I'm much less confident than I was when I placed this bet, but it's still cash, so we'll take it. I had Bubba over Busher at plus 120. I mean, Bubba had a pretty rough day. Busher had a rougher day. And so luckily that it cashed out just fine. Bubba 22nd. Again, not that impressive. I was really big on the Toyotas, and we saw it, right? The entire Gibbs stable was up. I mean, even Ty Gibbs got his ninth place. Denny could have won the race. Martin could have won the race. Christopher could have won the race. And then you kind of had the disappointments in 23 and just not hanging out as well. Uh, but Bubba holds on for 22nd. Good enough to cash this with Busher falling back to 30th. Uh, plus 120. So I'll take it. And there might be something too if you're getting plus money head to heads. We'll have to maybe kind of keep an eye on this or track it or something. But it seems like more often than not, some of these ones where they should be obvious to the opposite side, somebody ends up having bad luck and you cash things on the plus money side of things more often than they don't. It seems like so. I don't know. Something we'll have to just kind of keep an eye on. But uh, but I, I was confident in this one when I gave it out. Not so confident during the race. Uh, I, man, Bubba, gosh, I'm looking ahead and like Kansas is coming up and I really want to be on him. It's going to be tough with the way he's been running and his confidence level. And hopefully he kind of gets some things figured out before he gets back to these tracks that he's real good at, the the intermediate styles. I blame Boyer. I think it was Boyer that actually put the uh, curse on him. Said, oh, he's had a quiet day today. All he's got to uh -huh. do is have a quiet day today. <laughs> Sure enough. Quiet until you said something. Quiet until you said something. <laughs> How would you like to be that guy that uh, on Bubba's crew? And again, pit, pit mistakes here, but the guy was going to catch the tire and flipped over the wall without the helmet on, and Michael Jordan's just sitting on the box, shaking his head. Like, do you just do you just like walk out and like start walking home? Just like I'll walk back to North Carolina. I quit because yeah. you disappointed Michael fucking Jordan, like right there in front of him. That's like, bro. I'll show myself the door. I'm sorry. I apologize. You'll never see me again. Yeah. I've like, dishonored my family. Yeah. Just don't remember my name, please. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna be a faceless man that walks yeah, right the hell just, out of here. They show Michael Jordan shaking his head, and you're like, oh god, that yeah. poor guy. <laughs> no, and look, I don't I don't think that that any faith in Bubba Wallace is misplaced. I just feel like just like D said, they need to have one one quiet race this season where they can just get out and get back into the garage and be, you know, a nice little solid finish, you know, top 15 for these guys because that might be a, a good enough floor for them uh, to, to get their confidence back. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Um, all right, my next bet, I'm pissed, I'm salty, I'm mad. And, look, this one would not have cashed for it not being a ballsy, and I mean absolutely ballsy call by that nine team uh, at the end there to to just stay out, right? And to be on old, old, friggin' old tires by the end of that. And that was Daniel Suarez over Josh Berry. I'm going to tell you right now, Josh Berry just, I mean, look, he looked good at, at, at spurts, but in the middle of the race, he was in 25th position. His average position was 20th, whereas Daniel Suarez, right, was in second place at points uh his average position was 16th position he wasn't running extremely well um but he had 175 top 15 laps 
to, uh, well, of course, by the end of it, Josh Berry had 124. Uh, so I contradict myself in, in all these stats. But all I say is that if Josh Berry had to come into the pits, right, if Josh Berry had to surrender that track position, this bet would have cashed. Yeah, one, I think they ended up catching the caution perfectly, I think, was mm-hmm. was the big key to that. And, again, that's why you see these teams stay out sometimes and roll the dice. And somebody had mentioned in the in the Discord during the race they had Barry and things were kind of hedging on him. And I said, well, if you have Barry, you're playing the long game. It doesn't matter where he's at right now. You just want him to, to bring it home safely at the end. I think he got spun out right after that or something. And then, of course, at the end of the day, there he is. Like he's he's done a great job in that nine car of quietly hanging on and, and finding ways to move forward. We talked about it that uh, the guy that's filling in as a crew chief has been a longtime engineer on the car. I believe might even be the car chief now or whatever. But but has been with the team a long time. Knows what he's doing. Has that experience, not necessarily in the crew chief spot, but right under being the crew chief's right hand man, right. And, and so I think that that played out perfectly. They called the strategy right. Things rolled, worked out correctly. Sometimes you can make a strategy call. We'll talk about strategy calls when we get to the Xfinity Series race. But uh, but it just it fell into their place. And then Barry did a great job holding on to it, right? I mean, he's making those late race restarts. Kept kept it a couple times right there with Larson. I mean, the one time he even looked like he maybe jumped to start because he had such a good start. Um, and, and so, yeah, props to him. And, yeah, this again, it looked like a good bet throughout the day. And just just didn't work out in your favor at the end, unfortunately. Um, I had Corey LaJoy to win Group D. And uh, again, pit strategy caught up with me on this one because the front row cars stayed out and the caution fell correctly for Todd Gilliland. Kept him up front. Uh, Corey LaJoy, again, though, 21st place. Like That was all I was asking for for this bet. That's all I wanted, right? It, it was... Uh, a bunch of the crappy cars towards the back, and Gilliland was the other kind of up top guy, I guess, in this group. Gilliland ends up 15th, LaJoy 21st. But then to find anybody else in this group, you got to go all the way back to 33rd, where it's Alfredo, 34th for Ware, 36th for Yaley. I mean, the rest of these guys in this group were all the way in the very back where you thought they would be. LaJoy had another solid day, but just didn't quite get caught at the right time. Uh, whereas Gill and again, they made a, a great call as well and caught the caution flag correctly. And it, it ended up uh, being a little bit of a better day for him. Hey, they were talking about LaJoy on the broadcast, which obviously we talk about the marquee guys get talked about, like the guys that are making noise. And LaJoy was another one. Like, how about that Corey LaJoy? And I'm like, yeah, uh, talk to my buddy, Cody. He's all over LaJoy. He knows, he knows all about LaJoy. Been on the, uh, the LaJoy fan club board for quite a while. It's like, where have you been, Mike Joy? Uh, no, yeah, I definitely, I, better days are ahead for him, man. Once, if he starts to get into much better equipment, like actually elite equipment, I think all bets are off. Well, all bets are on, honestly, for Corey LeJoy. A lot of bets on in that case. Uh, all right. My saving grace for the day, if there was any, is that Harvick was a top Ford. I don't, this one was almost in question for a hot second because of Brad freaking Keselowski, uh, making some noise around there. But, you know, look at Kevin Harvick. He had this thing on lock. He plowed his way through the front. He kept himself uh, around there. Obviously, Kozlowski got into a little bit of trouble there late, right, and and sort of caused him to, to fall backwards a little bit. But, I mean, look, Kevin Harvick had one of the better cars on the day, and I think, I don't know, I don't. he was never going to fight for the win in this one, 
but he definitely was always going to jockey for at least a top five, uh, if not a top ten, which is what he does best, right? So yeah, I don't. This was never in question. The top Ford. Anytime I saw that that little blue oval, I knew it was going to be Kevin Harvick. So I didn't even sweat it, unless it was Brad Kozlowski for that. 25 seconds but everybody else listen so it was it was Harvick McDowell was a surprise one and then Logano but Logano had his troubles too he was back and forth and back and around so the only the only one Ford that was consistent the entire day was Kevin Harvick and to nobody's surprise yeah again we we all saw that coming right in I want to point out too we talked about we didn't pick Harvick to win this race he was such a favorite we talked about in DFS how expensive he was, and he wasn't quite the play like usual. And both those things kind of panned out in the top five finish right where you'd expect him every week. But without getting that value on him, it didn't seem worth it. Uh, Barstool does have odds up already for the dirt race this week. Kevin Harvick is 40-1, to 1, Rod. I've not looked back to see how he did the last two seasons. But the fact that he is slipping back down into the, you know, going from being a favorite last week Slipping back down and being disrespected again makes me hopeful for his DFS price, makes me hopeful for his top 10 price, and uh, hope hope to be betting on uh, those types of things. Hey, that's another short track, man. If he can do it at Richmond, he can do it in the Bristol dirt for sure. Yeah, well, and again, he can do it everywhere, right? We are, <laughs> That's the thing every week, and it's just some, the value wasn't there last week because all of a sudden the books were all over him, didn't quite pan out, so hopefully he's he's getting kicked back down into into that nice value range for us this week. I had winning manufacturer Toyota plus 275. Again, this was just seemed mispriced compared to Ford was less than this. Chevy was at the top of the board. Chevy ends up winning, but we had talked about it. Nine of the last 15 had been won by Toyotas. Um, and we saw Toyotas run up front all day, right? And not only that, it could have been multiple Toyotas. This was a hedge on Martin Truex Jr. If he actually did get it done, which looked like for a while, maybe he would. Christopher Bell, he was up there all day. Denny Hamlin was up there all day. Any of those three guys could have won this race at different points in the day. Obviously, we've talked about some of their troubles and mistakes so far, but um, again, at plus 275, whenever you're getting that one manufacturer that's that's just not miss, seems mispriced compared to the other ones, going to call it out. So we've done it before. We've hit it a few times. Going to continue to do so going forward. I don't think it was a bad bet. I think that Toyota had their chances. And they mostly Ferrari'd it and shot themselves in the foot. Um, otherwise, I think that they potentially could have had the. And again, if that late caution doesn't come out, Truex probably runs away with that, right? I mean, I don't think anybody was going to catch him at that point. Uh, that last caution comes out that that makes him take the scuff tires because they didn't have any left, and, and so that that you know that kind of bit him everything there. But uh, I do feel like this was still a good bet. I wonder, though. No, probably not. If he would have just stayed out, he would have gotten eaten alive. There was no way. Everybody yeah, else I mean, it was tires. better. Like they talked about, the scuffs weren't going to be great, no. but six, they're six going to be laps. better. They were, yeah. they were cooled off. They only had six laps, everything. So it was better. I mean, he, he still held on, right? He ended up finishing where he finish 11th. So it, yeah. I think it could have been much worse than that if he would have tried staying out and nobody else was going to stay out because everybody else had tires. So. Yeah. Just kind of how it how it fell, and unfortunately not in his favor. Well, I mean, we had several opportunities to hedge on all sorts of things. Obviously, your winning manufacturer, Toyota, would have been one. And then, of course, two of the top Toyotas were within the next range that I gave out the winning car of 10 to 19 uh, at plus 260. Uh, obviously, Denny Hamlin, I was banking pretty heavy on him to actually win this race. 
He had his opportunities, pissed them all away. Just pit penalty and then another pit penalty. I mean, that first one, I get it, the first one. Then he worked his way up through it again, and then he says, you know, after the second one, he was like, get me three positions. How are you going to get? Just take two tires. I'm wondering why. Why? Not one team. And, I mean, look, I get it. I know that you get eaten alive if you don't take any tires, but why not try two tires at that point? The worst thing that can happen to you is you do get eaten alive. Either way, right? But the best thing that happens is that you get pressure in those those second tires. Those actually hold, and then you're up there, right? I mean, you've been a dominant car all day long. Take care of the two that you don't, you didn't get put on, but at the same time, if you're fast, you're fast. And I feel like Denny Hamlin should have gambled for two because why the hell not? I mean, at the end, he, he had, what did he end up finishing? Denny Hamlin finished in uh, 11th position. Oh, I'm sorry, 20th position. No, 20th. Yeah. Well, was, and his was that last caution. That was where he got caught speeding, yep. wasn't it? Yep. So I think that sent him to the back. So exactly. That hurts. But yeah, it, it does surprise me when you see 20-plus guys on the lead lap. Like, if you're in 20th place, why not try something different? Just. And we've seen where some guys put themselves up front, and they're just kind of in the way. I mean, imagine J.D. Ailey did that and was trying to block people like he was Denny Hamlin. Like, that's where it could create issues. But when you've got a fast car... You're probably not going to win, but if you're going to finish 20th anyways, uh, I I think Denny's was a little different just because the the penalty came at the end there. But yeah, yeah, um, as far as my winners, I had Christopher Bell plus 750. Again, had his chances throughout the day, had flashes, looked good, didn't quite pan out. Tyler Reddick, 18 to 1. I still feel like there was value there, but he was out to lunch all day. And Alex Bowman, 20 to 1. Again, I I wrote auto bet next to this. Again, when he's that far, it's been so crazy because, again, he finished in eighth place. Another solid day, just running in the top ten all day. Finishes in the top ten again. He's not racking up the stage wins. He's not racking up wins. He's not leading a bunch of laps. He's just consistently right there. He's the points leader throughout this now. I mean, and it's just it's so crazy because his two teammates have been so fast, and the nine car has been just consistent with Barry in it. It's, it's tough to measure when your, your regular guy is not out there, but that car has been performing well. And Bowman is just hanging out in 10th place, you know, fifth to 10th all race every day, every week. And I guess props to him for doing that. And, and maybe if we keep betting him on these long shot odds, he, he gets one of these overtime wins, right? That's, and I think we talked about that. That's kind of what you were looking for with this type of bet. Like he was going to put himself in position. You get an overtime bet, a couple guys wreck something crazy at the end. Maybe he would steal it. Uh, Unfortunately, it just didn't quite pan out. Yeah, unfortunately. But here's the thing. Like you said, to bet all of these guys in second place, you almost got there with Christopher Bell. It was I that, know. It's that close. Yeah, I uh, luckily, I guess I hit uh, another second place in one of the other series that we're going to cover here shortly. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I said Denny Hamlin was going to win. He was going to win. That was the problem. He just didn't. Uh, so, unfortunately, that was uh, that did not happen. I'm, I'm, I'm a little salty. I want to... I want to get on Denny's podcast and just uh, pretty much rant at him for being every bit the disappointment that he was. And look, he knows it. I I don't got to tell him. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're podcasters. He's a podcaster now, too. So he understands where I'm coming from. So I understand where he's coming from as well. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear his his episode kind of dropped late today. So I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. But I'll be interested to hear his takes on the weekend. Obviously, the J.J. Yaley thing. 
and then his takes on speeding twice and, and really fucking up his own day. So it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say about that. I better hear a lot of I'm sorry's. That's all I want to hear. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, JJ. Uh, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry, America. Yeah, I don't think he needs to apologize to JJ, but just you deserve better. No, actually, I don't either. I honestly, I I don't know why JJ is yeah, so mad. The fuck out of the way. Seriously, dude. I don't oh. know why he's so mad. It's yeah, just you're not gonna beat Denny Hamlin. Just move. <laughs> no, and that's not even a level of respect. Like respect right. is if you are racing him hard for the lead. Like you're racing him for thirtieth right. place. I I yeah. agree with Denny. Why would he wreck you for thirtieth? Like get out of the way. Like I mean, that's that was a love tap. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know. Dale Earnhardt Jr. would have put you to the wall if you were in his way. Yeah, exactly. Or Dale Dale Sr. <laughs> for that Dale matter. Sr. rather, but yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and break down the Xfinity and trucks as quickly as humanly possible because there was much frustration as well there. Uh, but yeah, still stuff to be talked about in those series as we recap them both. But let's tell you about our driver giveaway. We're brought to you by the Golf Gambling Podcast and their tailor-made driver contest. The contest is completely free to enter, and you have a chance to win an awesome tailor-made driver. The drawing will take place Sunday, April 8th, so make sure to get it in. Going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver. For those of you who have been supporting our YouTube channel, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know this episode is not up on YouTube. We didn't do it live. We had some technical difficulties. We were under caution. They red flagged the broadcast. We couldn't necessarily bring it back. But we will be back again uh, coming up for our betting episodes as we always are. Thank you again for joining us. Like, subscribe, ring the bell, tell your friends. Put it on your doctor or whatever, your hospital. Put us up there. Show us instead of all those other weird random videos you show. I don't care what it is. Put us up in your waiting rooms. We love you. Continue to support us. And we'll continue to support you. I don't ever know how to get out of those. I don't. Literally don't know how to get out of begging for for your support. Well, you do a great job anyways. Uh, Every yes, week, we had, uh, every week, people are going to be like, the, hey, "Cody always says you do a great job." Rod always doesn't know how to get out of this. No, you do fine, Rod. You're you're a professional. Yeah, we had some some very interesting technical difficulties, so this one's not going to make it on YouTube. But uh, swear to God, we were under caution. Like literally, the broadcast. <laughs> we actually had to throw a red flag. We had to throw that. a red flag. I had to restart my computer. Like the glory part of audio is you don't even know. What happened beforehand, right? But yeah, for, you probably won't even know, be able to tell where we stopped. At. No, you won't. So yeah. And so, but for video, it was a wash. We couldn't do it anymore. Hard to hard to chop and edit that without looking funny. And yeah, so here we are. Probably could have done it, but that's just that's another fifteen hours of video work. And this is a podcast exclusive for you. Hell yeah! Wait, we have those still. What's going on? <laughs> Uh, all right, well, so the Xfinity and the truck racers took to the track as well this weekend. Uh, obviously, we talked about it. Xfinity was also on the Richmond Raceway along with their uh, counterparts. Their qualifying got rained out just like the Cup guys. So we started with the Matrix, which already put me in a very bad mood uh, because I was like, well, nothing good ever comes out of no practice. No qualifying, and we start with this grid matrix. Uh, but I was I was happy because the guy that I picked to win was on the pole. But then I was like, oh shit, the guy that I picked is on the pole. 
and with no practice, no qualifying, I'm screwed. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we were privy to um, just a crazy, crazy race on this short track in Richmond. There was no overtime here either. We ran 250 of the 250 laps that were scheduled, but that didn't mean it wasn't without action, Cody. This race was uh, was pretty action-packed. Yeah, right from the start. I mean, man, the Toyotas, I feel like I was right. Like, they were so fast. They were so good. They decided to stay out, gamble, not take the tires, try and save them for later. Then they got trapped, and Sammy Smith could just never get his lap back. And then it was like, all right, we need a caution. We need a caution. And then like five laps later, you get a caution right as somebody else gets lapped. He doesn't get the lucky dog again. Could never get his lap back. You needed more cautions, needed things to fall differently at the end. Uh, John Hunter looked super fast, kind of was expected. But again, uh, I mean, he was able to race his way back up to second, but way behind the eight ball after the early pit strategy kind of really just fucked him. So that sucked. Uh, this also sucked because I had Riley Herbst top five plus 350 cashing all day long second place in stage one third place in stage two looked like he could have won the race rod he had a hot rod as clint boyer likes to say seven thousand times every broadcast drink every time boyer says hot rod i'm telling you you will get drunk fast rod's taking a drink of his beer right now um <laughs> but uh who was it that dumped him was it fucking daniel hemrick i'm pretty sure it was yeah no. it was Hemrick. yeah it was Fucking day. If I didn't need another reason to hate Daniel Hemrick, I don't even want to have a beer with the guy anymore. I dislike him that much. <laughs> what the fuck were you doing, bro? <sighs> and Herps was just wrong place, wrong time. Drove up into the wall, and that kind of ended that that great run he was having. Again, looks so fast. Ends up finishing twenty third. Really, really screwed this bet over because plus three fifty for the top five was looking amazing. Uh, Herps had finished top ten every race so far. Had beaten Custer every race, was going to beat Custer again. And then just to get screwed over by Hemrick, absolutely sucked. While we're on the uh, the Hemrick hate, we did have uh, Herbst over Hemrick. Both of us actually bet this, and we cashed this one, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we they did. finished 23rd and 24th again. Yep. Oof, they hit these head-to-heads back-to-back, right? Yeah. Uh, this time towards the back of the field, but... Uh, Herps did hold on enough to finish ahead of Amrick 23rd and 24th. So, uh, luckily we did cash that one at minus 120. Well, we got saved on that one because Hemrick actually had uh, the problems before and he, he got trapped a lap down. So, uh, because Hemrick got trapped that lap down, uh, you know, it was able for, uh, um, Riley Herps, who, uh, like you said, was running up front the whole time to be able to at least run one more lap and to stay on the lead lap. Whereas uh, Hemrick yeah, did not, and yeah, and had had Herps not gotten into the wall or shoved into the wall, he would have beat Hemrick by twenty spots. This wouldn't have even been close. Yeah. Of course, things happen, but luckily, it's still cashed. Uh, we came out on the cashing side of that. Yeah, that would have been easy, easy, easy. Um, all right. Well, look, one good note from us is that we had Josh Berry as a top three car. Josh Berry finished as a top three car. In fact, he finished in third place. This was plus 140. Uh, you know, and Josh Berry, look, for all rights and accounts, look damn good. 63 laps he led in this race. That uh, that eight car was looking fast, just like every other junior motorsports car out there. Uh, and and I was very think I was thinking he was gonna win this race at certain points in the uh, in the race. 
obviously all I did, really all I needed for him to do was finish in the top three, uh, which he did. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, Josh Berry won stage two. Um, he was in third, fourth place rather in uh, in stage one. I mean, he was right around the front pretty much the entire day. Now there was a couple of points toward the end of that race where it kind of didn't look as if he was going to be in the top three. Uh, but thank, thankfully, he found his way back up there and uh, and stayed in the top three to finish third. Very happy with this one. This one was a great way to start. The rest fell off a little. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, you hit this one a lot more than I did. I was I was kind of down on on the JRM cars, which again wasn't completely wrong. I mean, Barry finished third, and then you got to go all the way to thirteenth for Allgaier. Mayer was back in seventeenth. Jones. Although Brandon Jones looked like he could have won that race too. I was thinking, wow, the week where, you know, we're finally, we've not been on Brandon Jones for a few weeks after he struggled and he looked really good. Um, he ended up in that whole scuffle with Herps there as well. Um, but yeah, I had Sammy Smith over uh, Josh Berry as well, minus 110. I'd love to see these two guys race because I think they were both very fast. But like I said, Sammy Smith trapped that lap down, could never get it back. Uh, and so he never really got a chance to to show what he had, unfortunately. So this one was kind of just dead in the water once that uh, once that fit, first pit stop didn't happen, I guess. Yeah, no, and and it's true. I mean, look, Sammy Smith, you're right. It, I don't know what could have happened for him to be able to, to maintain it, but it just sucked because we didn't get to see what Sammy Smith could have done if he was able to to just be on the the lead lap but yeah I, really what can you do at that point but i knew josh berry was going to run good so i was pretty happy about that anyway um all right my next bet we talked about the herps over hemrick i had uh, austin hill over cole custer um this one did not cash but i'm pissed about this one too because cole custer was not running i mean he ran okay like he was running pretty good. He finished did, did what? Custer fifth? ever leave fifth place? No, he, finished, <laughs> he was like fifth the entire race. Yeah, fifth in stage one, fifth in stage two. Ended up winning or ended up finishing fifth. Uh, Austin Hill, on the other hand, finished in ninth place. These guys, Austin Hill was in front for a little bit, obviously because of the starting position. Austin Hill was in ninth, and then Cole Custer was in twenty second. Cole Custer drove up through the field, but Austin Hill, man, he was up for a little while. And then he fell back. I mean, it was just a, a frustrating day to uh, to have anything on Austin Hill because, again, it just didn't look like he had what it took to, to actually stay ahead of Cole Custer. And Cole Custer, now, granted, the last few laps of madness uh, made this bet kind of uh, worse than it was. But, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Austin Hill still should have cashed this bet. Yeah, Hill just kind of had an off day compared to where – He's been the rest of the season. And Custer, again, wasn't impressive. He just kind of hung out on fifth all day. Now he's been nowhere close to what we've expected from him. Maybe slowly starting to get better, I guess, if he's hanging out around fifth. But, uh, yeah, this wasn't meant to be. I did hit this one, Chandler Smith over Sam Mayer, plus 100. This one was never even close. Uh, Smith, obviously, broke out towards the end of that race. Fast car, gets his first Xfinity Series win. Uh, after he had the one taken away from him a couple weeks ago as Hill stole it on the last lap. I uh, guess I should have been higher on Smith in more more areas, but uh, Chandler Smith obviously wins this race. Sam Mayer all the way back in 17th despite uh, starting third. He kind of just fell backwards from the start. Started third, uh, 
he finished in 10th at the end of stage one. And then like, yeah, he was just kind of, kind of out of, out of it from there and never really competitive. So, uh, did hit this one at least. Uh, and then I had Sammy Smith top five minus one thirty-five. We've already kind of hammered on what happened with Sammy Smith. I think this would have been a good bet. He had the speed. You could tell he was fast. I mean, as a lap down car, he would fight his way to the top five every time. It just, he was lapped and then the caution would come out and he'd have to go back, you know, and it just never got up there, unfortunately. So, uh, just did DOA on this one. Yeah. Again, that was, that was a frustrating one. I had Sam Mayer as the winner of group C, uh, with Cole Custer, Chandler Smith, Austin Hill, obviously, uh, that did not happen again. Just Sam Mayer felt like a rock. Like it just, it didn't look good for him. At yeah. All. yeah no, I mean, and despite not being on JRM, I mean, some of the JRM cars looked good. Like Jones looked very good. And like Barry, we talked about again, he had a great weekend, but it just, yeah, Sam Mayer was felt like a rock. Like somebody dropped his anchor and he just flew backwards right from the start. Never really recovered. He actually finished dead last out of everyone in this group. So yeah, uh, it was bad. <laughs> too bad it wasn't the opposite way around. Yeah, Mayer <laughs> finished 10th and like you said, 10th in stage one and then just disappeared for the rest of the race. It wasn't even close. This one I knew was not going to win right from the get-go afterwards. I was like, yep, there goes the one car. Bye-bye. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, kind of, I'm going to go hang out in the back. Yeah. Um, all right, and then I had the winning car to be odd at plus 185. Eh, I mean, this this one didn't look good either because Chandler Smith, all of the ones that basically led a ton of laps were all even cars, right? Chandler Smith was 16. Josh Berry was 8. Sammy Smith, 18. Riley Herbst, 98. Uh, there was a little hope with Brandon Jones at 9th. Justin Allgaier led 2 laps, and John Hunter at 20 led 11. So, uh, yeah, this was dead in the water. But... I mean, Only two odd number cars finished in the top ten, and they were seventh and ninth. <laughs> My bad. R rough day for the odd number crowd. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess after sweeping last week, you were right. You had to come back down to earth. Uh, much like Tyler Reddick, the sport can humble you quickly, right, Rob? Quickly. This is why I tell everybody to stay humble. This is why I don't get on my high horse, Cody. I'm telling you, <laughs> this is why. Yes. Uh, for winners, I had Sammy Smith plus 700. Again, we talked about that. Austin Hill, 10 to 1. He wasn't really around much all day. But Riley Herbst at 30 to 1. Ooh, Rod, there were points in this race where I was starting to already taste that cash. It looked He looked good. He looked strong. I think he's got a win coming. Hopefully we keep getting him at this number and then can hit on him eventually. Uh, but just was not his day. Of course, being shoved into the wall late. Uh, kind of ended ended that any chance he had. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had Allgaier to win. This wasn't even a. I mean, look, Allgaier did lead two laps in this race, but only because he started in first. And look, there's nothing else after that. He did finish thirteenth. Did not look like a winning car. And even he, you could hear it on the radio. He just was frustrated overall too with this with the car. They didn't have practice. They didn't have qualifying. Like he didn't have a chance to actually get out and and get into this car, and it just wasn't good. I mean, it you can't drive a slow car fast, right, Kevin Harvick? You just can't do it. So I, I think, unfortunately for him, he got a slow car. Didn't get a chance to really make the adjustments that he needed. I mean, look, Cody, there were only six cautions in this in this race overall, but it damn near felt like a hundred. Uh, maybe they were all poorly timed is really what it ended up being. But uh, I just feel like, yeah, it just it felt like there were so many more cautions than there were. Uh, I hate the color yellow, by the way. I will no longer support that color. 
Um, but it's just, yeah, it's frustrating all along. Yeah, yeah, rough, rough times. So, um, all right, let's move on to the truck race. Uh, we'll we'll close up the shop by talking about the truck race. Uh, it, the trucks raced. Um, they raced on Texas Motor Speedway away from everybody else. Uh, stationary uh, uh, pit stops, which I got to tell you, Cody, if you and I ever get an opportunity to go out and be a, a, a replacement be one pit of the crew, stationary pit guys, can we please? Can we just do <laughs> this? Would, it would be a lot of fun. Hey, would you mind if I change one of those tires this time? There's no don't time pressure. I mean, you got five minutes to change or whatever. So I just want to yeah, run the but, torque uh, wrench. That's what I want to do. I don't know what the hell it is, but yeah, I want to run it. <laughs> it does look like a lot of fun. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Um, but Rod, how about our guy Carson Hosevar? Woo! We weren't on him this week, but no. love to see him make it to victory lane finally. Been a long time coming for this kid. Uh, he's going big places eventually, I think. And uh, get that first monkey off back. You better watch out for this guy now. Yeah, and I don't hate it. Like, I mean, I know that our bets were wrecked by it, but I don't hate it because we we have loved Carson Hosevar for a very long time. Uh, he did end up winning this race. There was supposed to be 147 laps in this race. Cody, how many laps were there in this race at the end of it? I'll, I'll give you the over-under. <laughs> I'll take the over. <laughs> there was 172 total laps in this race. There were almost 30 freaking laps more than this was already one of the longer truck races of the season, the longest truck race of the season, yeah. right? They had the longest stage Yeah, they had like the one. longest stage they had ever yeah. had. And yeah, they made it much longer since it was kind of standalone with the IndyCar and yeah, interesting. Uh, I will say, and we'll talk about the IndyCar a little bit at the end of this because I did give out those IndyCar picks in the truck episode, luckily. But uh, man, the racing, oof, I don't want to get too excited for when the Cup Series goes there, but we talked about it. Texas is like the worst track for the Cup Series. Like the races have been boring as hell. They've sucked. And like both of these races were very good. The truck race was pretty good in the IndyCar race. That's probably the best race I've seen in the last year. Like it was amazing. So gives me a little tiny bit of hope for when we go there later in the season. We'll see. Yeah. No, and I'm I'm with you on that one because if if this is gonna be a precursor to what we see, we're gonna be in for a good one. There were twelve cautions in this race for thirty six laps. And get this, only seven lead changes in the entire race. Let me tell you something. This, this was 147 scheduled laps on this one-and-a-half-mile track, all right? Between lap 146 and 172, there were 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 trucks that were involved in accidents in what were the last lap and the over the 1500 overtime laps that in incurred this was by all intents and purposes a shit show of the end <laughs> of the race cuz we had so many of these bets cashing up until the very last caution that i just i don't want to watch anymore i'm just kidding i'm going to but you know what i'm saying it's frustrating to have all of those winning tickets be incinerated right in front of you. In fact, I feel like they were laughing at me as they were burning those tickets and 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 watching me just cry. Yeah, and w again, we'll talk about it when we get to the IndyCar. I want to touch on it at the end of this, but 
it was the complete opposite because the race ended under yellow with no overtime and I cashed and I suddenly hated overtime yet again <laughs> because I, I imagine all the times we would have won this season if we didn't have all these overtimes to screw us out of it. But, oh, well, I did have Christian Eckes top five at minus 120. This one looked pretty good. Uh, he was third place in stage one, second place in stage two, running up front all day, but got caught up in that last wreck. Uh, he was right there, and I think he was running in third or fourth place. Uh, I think he was third, actually, and he was right. I mean, when when those guys got together for the lead and Eckes was just – looked like he maybe could have come out there as the winner, but ends up with a just completely destroyed truck. So minus 120. This one was easily hitting all day, easily hitting into overtime, and uh, unfortunately did not hit because of that last crash. Yep, Eckes was a strong truck all day long. This one was cashing, like you said, all day. Um, although I did hit one off with a win, I, I had Stuart Friesen as a top three. So in all of the nastiness that happened, my favorite Canadian managed to drive his way you, into you third place. You backed into one here, Rod. <laughs> backed into a win. I mean, listen, at plus 220, that was not a bad uh, way to back into it. Stuart Friesen, not necessarily uh, the strongest. He did start seventh in this race so it was actually pretty good for him uh but he finished ninth in stage one didn't even finish in the top 10 in stage two uh but through all of some ridiculously craziness uh he he did manage to actually um to finish inside the top three boy i, I couldn't believe it I, I was pissed off for the rest of it but i was pretty happy that this happened so congratulations Stuart Friesen. you have something to build on yeah exactly and now, now we headed to a dirt track where he's uh Runs dirt dirt races like 85 times a week. So going to be a good place for him. And his wife also going to be entering her truck. So uh, be be nice to see if she can make the race and watch them compete against each other. I had Matty D over Tyler Ankrum. Uh, you had Ankrum over Matty D. Congratulations. Matty D was out of this race in like the first six laps, I feel like. Had a vibration early, dropped out of the race. And uh, Ankrum, like I thought, did not have a great run. He was the last car that was not involved in an accident in the finishing order. But uh, with Matty D going out early, this was an easy cash for you. Yeah, and here's the thing. For Matty D having that bad vibration, that was a good catch. But Ankrum was actually around the front for the most part. He wasn't necessarily inside uh, the top 10 uh, most of the day, but he definitely was right around the front up until, of course, the very end uh, when he just fell off. Uh, but yeah, it didn't matter. Uh, Matt DiBenedetto only ran 122 laps, whereas Ankrum still at least got 164. All it needed was for Ankrum to won 123. He did cash that bet. Thank you very much, Truck Gods, for that. So, um, my next bet was uh, Nick Sanchez over Corey Heim. Holy cow, man, Nick Sanchez. Just a, a day that you kind of don't necessarily script for a guy like that. Uh, looked very fast all day long. Uh, I thought for sure that this would end up cashing. Uh, but Corey Heim, man, I don't know where he stole that from. Nick Sanchez led 168 laps in this race. Dominated. Dominated and then got crashed. Uh, at, at which point well, then. I think he did the crashing, but. Eh, I mean, you know, potato, <laughs> yeah, potato, that potato. His, that was totally his fault. <laughs> I whatever. But again, that's it's not a KBM truck, but prepared in the KBM shop. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think there's any more questions on KBM is fucking fast. They've not left off at all from losing Toyota and going over to Chevrolet 
nothing is different. Expect the KBM trucks to still be up front. Yeah, again, and this was cashing at the end of stage one where Sanchez was first, the end of stage two where Sanchez was first, and Corey Heim was back there in seventh in both of those. So, yeah, I mean, look, it was cashing till it wasn't. Yep, exactly. I mean, this was a great call. He was clearly the better truck all day. So another one I felt really good about, Taylor Gray over Matt Crafton, plus 130. This one was cashing all day as well. A nice ninth place finish by Gray in stage two. Um, and running up front at the end, I can't remember if it was the first one or one of the first overtimes, but Gray got caught up in it, hit it, hit the wall, uh, ends up holding on for the rest of the day and finishing in 24th, but Crafton 13th, which is right where I said Crafton was going to be. Yes. I figured he would be in that Daniel Hemrick range of 12th place, 13th, somewhere in that area. And, and I expected Gray to just do a little better and Gray was running better. Looked good. Um, I, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe not, I guess, because I wondered if we should have, looking back, looked at the, the length of this race and thought maybe veterans more over over young guys. But you look at the finishing order. I mean, Chase Purdy in second. Carson Hosefar is a young guy. He won the race. Jake Garcia in fifth. Deegan in sixth. Yeah, I mean, and she's kind of, I guess, sort of a veteran at this point, but still very young. So I don't know. I, I don't know that that would have been a good way to look at it. But, but Gray was beating Kraft in a majority of the day. And again, just these these wrecks at the end, I mean, literally all bets are off at that point. Like, you just have to hope you avoid the chaos. In some cases, it pans out because Stuart Friesen wasn't running top three all day, but he lucked into it and got that top three. And guess what? You can still cash that plus 220 ticket, whether he ran one lap in the top three as long as it was the last one or whether he led every lap, but the last one, you don't cash it. So just how it works. Uh, sometimes you end up on the good side. Sometimes you don't. Yeah, and here's the thing about Crafton, too. Crafton had his own fair share of troubles, and he came into the pits pissed off as all get out. Um, yeah, it was insane. Uh, look, just to go back to the whole Nick Sanchez thing real quick, just because I don't think we, we emphasize this enough. There was only two other drivers that led even one lap in this race. That was Ekes and Josevar. Josevar led that last lap. Nick Sanchez led all but three laps of this race it was insanity i just he just dominated the entire day looked fast looked good and just everything was going his way until it wasn't although ben rhodes is credited for one so never mind i I didn't throw ben rhodes into that one uh he did lead one lap as well so all but four laps of that there i go giving out inaccurate information and whatever contradicting yourself rod Uh, i'm stupid i'll go pay someone whatever (laughs) yeah go pay someone for your own thing uh all right well i had christian eckes to win group e which consisted of heim Rhodes, and sanchez obviously the sanchez part of it was not looking good for most of the day uh until it wasn't but uh that was that would be the only person that would have bait uh beat Christian Eckes had he not gotten caught up in that last uh, nonsense as well. So again, I, this I don't think this one would have cashed if Nick San- if Nick Sanchez would have stayed dominant. Uh, but you know who knows? Maybe Christian Eckes could have stayed around up the front if he hadn't gotten caught in trouble as well. Um, you know who knows at this point. So unfortunately, he did not win this group uh, over Rhodes and what was it Rhodes finished above him anyways. Yeah, Rhodes finished in tenth. In this one, and so did Heim finished ahead of Eckes as well. Yeah, but again, I mean, Eckes was having a great day, just on the wrong end of it there at the very end. I did hit this one. I had Jake Garcia to win Group C, 
at plus 275. He ends up with a nice fifth place run. Again, we talked about it. Just a young kid. He's, he just turned 18, just old enough to run on these tracks. Uh, but Ekis' teammate, we talked about how good that 19 truck has been. Uh, expected for, for to see Garcia run pretty good. Survive the chaos at the end. Of course, that is key. Uh, Ryan Vargas actually finished eighth, so shout out to him. He was the closest finishing guy. Uh, but then you've got to go all the way to 19th where Raja Karuth was, 20th for Colby Howard, uh, 23rd for Brett Holmes, kind of where you expected all those guys to finish. So uh, really, other than Vargas ending up with the eighth place finish, none of these other guys were even close. Uh, and that's why I liked Garcia so much in this group. Also had Taylor Gray, top five, a plus 350. I don't know that he would have finished in the top five, but he definitely would have been in the top 10, which at this value would have been good enough for me to feel good about it. But again, was caught up in that stuff at the end there, like we talked about. So uh, did not pan out. Hey, I want to shout out Dean Thompson, though, too. He was in that group as well. He actually finished in, uh, what is it, sixth place in stage one and then even fifth place or rather fourth place in stage two. He was having a hell of a run until he got caught. Very good run. Yeah. Yeah. And ended up, uh, he actually ended up getting transferred to the hospital after the hard hit he took. Uh, Luckily, he's okay. Tweeted out that he was fine going home to have a beer and all that. So good to see that always. It's always scary when when they get in those wrecks and then when you hear they're going to the hospital just to be evaluated. But uh, luckily, again, knock on wood, but the safety in these cars and these trucks has come so far and uh, uh, good to see him be okay and seems like he'll be you know racing again here soon well good for him because that was actually i I couldn't believe it i was like dean thompson what the hell is he doing up there that's 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 good for him uh wrecking you yeah and i think he wasn't he ended up being in a uh what type of car was he in the uh tricon car wasn't he i think i i didn't realize that when i gave that bet out but uh luckily everything worked out good yeah um, I had the winning manufacturer as Toyota. Uh, that obviously did not cash. Uh, but again, at plus 290, why the hell not on that one? Um, plus, I did throw out, we both had said Zane Smith was going to win. You'll get to that in a second. But I, I threw out Stuart Friesen as a um, decent enough uh, pivot off of that. Not not too far off of it, right? To the chaos, hey, a little more third chaos. Place. Yeah, a little more chaos. It could have been there. Yeah. Yeah, I gave out Zane Smith plus 320. I said he would dominate the whole day, lead every lap, and that's pretty much what happened, Rod. I mean, he just, just did not appear anywhere in the race for a long time, but he found his way at the end. It looked like the only lap he might lead might be the last one. He's on the outside. He's making the pass. Looks like he's going to clear uh, Sanchez. Sanchez hooks the grass in that second part of the dog leg trioval there, spins it out, and I thought, oh, man. This is where you wish the guy on the caution button was faster, right? Get Zane Smith still out there out front, but uh, not quite the case. He just grabbed Smith, and then, of course, Christian Eck has slammed into both of them, and uh, Carson Hosovar shot through and wins the race. But, uh, yeah, so Zane Smith, plus 320. It didn't look great for a long time, but then it looked like, okay, he, he might he's actually going to have this, uh, but it just he just got hooked on the back there. Otherwise, he would have. So I, I still don't think it was a horrible bet. I, I surprised at at how his lack of i mean he started horribly practiced bad everything was bad and i still kind of was just counting on him because he, he's zane smith and he does zane smith things and you almost saw it at the end but not quite i did give out purdy at 25 to 1 and i said he's gonna put himself in position to be up front he's gonna be fast i don't think he'll dominate this race but if things get crazy at the end maybe he can win 
Things got crazy at the end, Rod, and he ends up second. So we were very close to cashing this one. Again, that's why that's that's why sometimes you're building these long shots in there. Same thing with Alex Bowman. Like, had we gone to multiple overtimes, he can get it done there. And that was with Purdy. It was he could put himself in position to be close enough that if the top three cars all take each other out, which is exactly what happened, he could potentially capitalize. Just comes up a little short finishing in second. Uh, and then I had Taylor Gray as well at plus 2,500. Again, we already kind of talked about him. And, and he was kind of, he again, similar thing. He could have put himself in position there, uh, but ended up getting caught up in one of those wrecks. So uh, not, not there at the end. <sighs> yep. Again, I'm just, I don't know if I'll ever be okay after this weekend. Uh, just trying to recuperate after some very, very tough beats uh, on all three series across the board. But one series yes. where you did have some... Uh, A shining bright moment of the weekend. Yes. I'll try to be quick. This IndyCar race, Rod, was fucking insane. It gave you everything you could ever want in it, I think. Uh, and so I gave out Will Power at 10-1. to 1. And I gave out Joseph Newgarden at six to one. So they get to go in, right? There's an early crash. It's, it kind of changes up pit strategies, whatever. And then it's just a green flag race. All of a sudden, Rod, two cars on the lead lap. Two cars. Yes, it got to a point where there were two cars on the lead lap. There's no free pass in Indy. I was about to say, I, I almost tweeted it out, but I decided not to. You don't want stage racing in NASCAR on ovals. This is what you're going to get. There's going to be two cars left on the lead lap. Okay, well, then we get a caution late. Things happen. A bunch of cars get back on the lead lap because they stay out, take the wave. And IndyCar, so they don't give you the lucky dog. But if you take the wave around, you're then allowed to pit on the next lap by and keep your lap, which is completely different from how NASCAR does it, right? If you take the wave around, you got to stay out. Otherwise, you're going to keep your lap, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. So a bunch of cars get back on the lead lap. And then, like, just... And they're doing like they're doing all this at a much faster speed than NASCAR is. Like they're going like 230 miles an hour and just zipping in and out. And like there was two grooves working the whole time. One guy would shoot to the lead, then the other guy, and you just had guys ever like insane racing, so much passing up and down throughout the field. Like the racing alone was worth it. I didn't care if I cashed my bets. But New Garden had been one of those only two guys that uh was on the lead lap at one point during the race. Ends up being there at the end. Uh, similar thing where you, you get the late caution. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. Overtime. And then I go, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's no overtime in IndyCar. And I'm like, oh, say he won. Say he won. And they go, well, that's going to be it. And under caution, it'll be Joseph Newgarden. And I'm like, yes, let's go. So Newgarden hits six to one. Luckily, he didn't have to suffer all the overtime. Finishes and get screwed by that. So, uh Oof, IndyCar was the one bright spot in the weekend as far as the betting card goes. Uh, but, and what a great race. Makes me almost wish that IndyCar did more ovals just because there were so many different guys that could win. And you got a little bit of everything. Like, you got to the point where there was literally only two cars left on the lead lap because they were just so fast up front. And, and then things got shook up later. You had a car go airborne. I mean, launched off another car like a ramp. That was scary for a moment. Uh, luckily, Graham Ray Hall was fine, walked away from that. Everything was good. But uh, yeah, just intense racing. They were also hooking the grass on the dog leg at a much faster speed in those open wheel cars. There was a couple of scary moments with that. Uh, they, they got a little hairy for sure. But uh, yeah, it, it's uh, well. And then at one point, too, it ended up where it was going to be a fuel mileage race. And like, so on one of the uh, things where a bunch of guys got their laps back, 
Uh, I think it was Padua Ward. It was the other guy that was quick. I can't, I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure it was him. He decides to stay out, and then Newgarden all of a sudden ducks into the pits like after they'd already pitted, tops off on fuel. So he's going to have all this extra fuel. They end up getting the cautions later, so it didn't matter. But yeah, just incredible racing. Uh, best race on the weekend by far. And of course, you hit the six to one winner, and uh, that's nice. I had a huge swing and a miss on the willpower thing at 10 to one. He was nowhere close. I think he was like eight laps down, but uh, you don't worry about that when you hit the other one. Now, as I say, you get it out right, everything is forgiven. I'm going to need to go back and watch that race. It seems like even no, if I know the outcome. Highly, highly recommend it. It just, I mean, there's going to be a part where you can fast forward through in the middle because it gets pretty boring because they're just, I mean, literally two cars left on the lead lap is, is insane. But again, that's how NASCAR, when you used to, you missed the good old days of NASCAR. That's how it was back in the day. And uh, I'm. I'll have to, I need to find that NASCAR race. But I believe there was a NASCAR race where second place finished like five laps down, Ooh. which is insane. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it was crazy race and just so much drama throughout the whole thing and such racing. Like the passing was amazing. Two lanes were working great, and they're going at such high rates of speed. These cars, you see them touch, and you're like, oh my goodness, because the open wheel thing, they don't. It doesn't go as well as the stock cars when they touch. So yeah, a lot of fun. Absolutely love the IndyCar race. I wish these open wheel series didn't take so many weeks off. Gotta wait two more weeks for another IndyCar race, three more weeks for another F1 race. It's been rough, but uh, oh well. Luckily, we have NASCAR to get us through. Yes, we do. Um, all right, speaking of NASCAR, we got plenty more NASCAR coming up this week. We'll hit you tomorrow night with our uh, Bristol Dirt picks. Uh, we are going to go cup with the cup racing next uh, tomorrow, rather, and then, of course, work our way back through. And uh, obviously, we don't have Xfinity this week so we'll find a good way to fill in that episode as well uh but again lots of fun for you the rest of the week so cody until then why don't you let everybody know where they can keep in touch with you until our next episode yep follow me on twitter at husker underscore z uh yeah and then follow the show as well at nascar gambling make sure you check out the f1 gambling podcast you'll find us both over there as well you sure will follow me on twitter at rj via gomez keep tabs on what i've got going on whether it's here whether it is in between media back road is coming up on thursday not my week but definitely continue to check them out because it is a blast hanging out with seth elliott and whoever else they've got to fill in for me this week and then of course like i said we'll be back all week long f1 of as well um yeah lots of stuff going on on the sgpn We'll see you tomorrow for some Xfinity or some cup picks. Jesus Christ, Rod. Sign off already. Till then, let's go racing and let it ride. <laughs>